0: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
1: So, hello, okay. How are you?
0: Hi, I'm good.
1: What we've been up to so far this fine rainy day in Glasgow?
0: Um actually had another interview this morning, which is nice considering it's our one year anniversary for Queens and Noise today.
1: So was it this time last year exactly? You yeah, this time festival.
0: last year exactly.
1: Was that in Mango?
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: Are you doing Mango again this yeah, year? Yeah,
0: it's gonna be in Mango again.
1: Good stuff. How has it kinda blown up from last year? Has it changed? Is it
0: Oh, it's just absolutely taken off like after last year there were so many people like, oh, Are you gonna do this again? Or can I be involved? Like we actually had people messaging us being like, Can I volunteer with you? Or people being like, Can I use you for my dissertation? Like, can I interview you? And we're like, Who? Me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course you can. So it's just been really nice. Like people got excited about it, like getting people on board without having to like beg people to come anymore.
1: Have you got a bigger team now? Is it kind of growing? Nope. Still me and Hannah.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yep, holding the fort down.
1: Who kinda of does what? Do you kinda of divvy up the work
0: evenly? We're and... pretty much fifty fifty just on everything. Yeah. Like it just depends on who's busiest at the time. Like for example at the minute like I've got my dissertation due, so Hannah's been picking up a lot of the stuff that I can't get. But if she's really busy with uni or has deadlines, then I'll pick up the pace. So it just depends on who's who's busy and who's not. We'll kinda of go
1: back and forth. Yeah, totally. But like the all the big work.
0: decisions we make together.
1: Yeah. When did you first start the planning for the second one? When did you first start the work for it?
0: Uh, I think we had our first official business meeting probably like October time like we went out for drinks and we were both like I've got ideas are you ready are you ready <laughs> to start this again we we're like oh fucking hell here we go so October, probably probably about October
1: like six months before yeah what kind of starts in October what's the kind of the beginning
0: oh it just started being like what do you want to see this year like I think a lot of other conferences we go to there's lots of the same panels every year like I don't want to go and you teach me how to use Instagram like I'm 21, I know how to use Instagram. Yeah. Like, what do I want to see? I want to see, like, more inclusive panels, like, people that are speaking about gender, like, talking about the club scene, like, all kind of stuff that we're trying to tackle, is, like, things that are kind of getting missed out at the minute. It's basically just, like, we went and, like, asked a bunch of our pals, like, what do you want to hear people talk about? And then we'll go find it and let you listen.
1: That's a good way to do it, though. Because then you find yeah, totally. exactly what people are wanting.
0: Exactly. Like, it was just a case of, like, Going on nights out with your pals and then just kinda of like sneakily asking them so, questions. Yeah. yeah, you just gotta be like so they're totally honest with you and you're like, alright, cool.
1: In business mode at all times. All times. So what sort of panels do you have coming up for this year's one? What's on the what's on the cards?
0: We've got actually a lot of panels this year. So I will actually have a little look at them now so that I've got them all. <laughs> but we've got like a ticking workshop, which I think is really cool. So it's like ticking's like a world that people just don't even know exists. But it's like a massive backbone to like all live events. You like you need a really strong ticketing team. We've got um, a physical music vendor session, so about like vinyl and cassette, because obviously it's coming back. Like people love to have like tangible.
1: I think people like physical things. Yeah, yeah, they totally. Like to have a, I mean, we're in your living room at the moment, and there's a big shelf of vinyl. Oh yeah, like I,
0: I love having vinyls. They just feel so personal. Like Spotify is great. I love Spotify, but I also really love to own something if it's like something really personal like an album that you just love it's really great to have it physical copy as well
1: What sort of stuff have you got on the shelf over there? Oh What's what do you have over
0: there? I've got a big mixture over there, I've got Susie Quattro Joan Jett, I've got like Whitesnake, you name it, I think the most most of my albums actually are all second hand I've only got like two first hand ones one of them is Prince because I had to, it was a limited edition and it was silver and beautiful and I had to buy it
1: What sort of, where about you Can I go to, the, to buy the vinyls? You just record shop, so...
0: Yeah, usually just record shop. So, like, originally I'm from Fife, so Groucho's in Dundee is my my hometown. Just just the, just the shop. <laughs> like, <laughs> just living there, like, to the extent that they gave me a loyalty card. Really? You can get, like, stamps, and then after you have 10 stamps, they'll give you, like, £10 off. So I would just That's go... That's pretty good. Like, I've, I've spent hundreds of pounds in Groucho's. Wait,
1: so do you what do you have to do to get a stamp just every time you go there and buy something, you get a...
0: Pretty much. I think it's every time you spend over £10, they give you a stamp. And then at the end, you get £10 off.
1: That's like, yeah, you're making about 10% for 100 percent. Yeah, totally.
0: Good. I know. It's such Definitely go to great shows. Keep I them a, in business. I had
1: a HMV card for probably about two, three years. Oh, the discount then, you get is terrible. And then at the end of that, so I was due a £50 gift card. And the day I got due that was the day they went into administration. Ouch. And then like a year later, they were like, oh, you can have uh, the gift card, but it's now only worth a tenner. Because we've had to take down the value of it because it's Ooh, like, with like. That's harsh. Three years of like. That's harsh. Buying books and like all that stuff from H&B and...
0: No, I'm at the point where like it. I've got like a Groucho's mug.
1: A Groucho's mug just with the logo on it? Yeah,
0: it's really very good. Cool. But it's such a nice place. Like you can go in and request that they like play a vinyl for you. If you're like, oh, I'm not sure what this sounds like, they've got like a record player at the front of the so- front of the shop. You can like go in and like try stuff out and be that's like. That's what I really like about the really like in Edinburgh this. as well. Yeah, yeah, like it's so nice. Like it's they're very like chill. It's like being in someone's living room and you're, like, allowed to buy stuff. <laughs>
1: <laughs> do they ever do the in-stores as well? Cause I think, uh, do, is there an Asai in Edinburgh as well?
0: Yeah, there Are, is. Yeah, yeah,
1: Do they do the in-stores and stuff? There?
0: I think so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've actually not been to the Edinburgh one, but...
1: It's good, it's worth checking out.
0: Yeah, I will make a point of going in. The only Edinburgh one I think I'm comfortable with is, like, Vinyl Villains. I go there quite a lot yeah, as well. that's good. They're, they're so cool. They have so much stuff.
1: When did you move down here, then, if you're from Fife originally?
0: So I actually only moved to Glasgow in September... But for the first three years of uni, so I'm in fourth year now, first three years of uni, I lived in Ayr, which is where my course is. So not exactly a musical centre.
1: What are you studying
0: though? I'm a commercial music student yeah. at UWS. I travel to Glasgow like three, four times a week and to it go to, gigs to Yeah, So it made sense to. Yeah, so it just made sense to move here, especially like working on lots of gigs here and like having lots of friends to go and see, like at nights out and bands and all that kind of stuff. I was like, there's no point in travelling, I'll just stay here.
1: Were you always into music or when did that kind of. Well, I know that when I moved down, I wasn't really into local music and that only came once I moved away from home. Had you always been into local or did it only start?
0: I think local music probably only started for me when I moved to uni. Like, before uni, I was like, absolutely a classic rock girl, like, showed up to uni on my first day with my Led Zeppelin t-shirt. Like, I know everything. (laughs) About a day later, I was like, oh, fuck. (laughs) There's like a whole other world that that I had no idea about. Because obviously, Fife, there's not really any live music. Like, there's not really any venues no bands. Some bands
1: come out of Fife, there, or There's, or? there's
0: a, the occasional band that comes out of Fife, but you only realise about them once they don't play in Fife.
1: Yeah, and it's like, yeah. Yeah, from, like once yeah, they've yeah.
0: left, and they're like, oh yeah, I'm from there, and you're like, are you? I thought you were from like Edinburgh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So it's case of like, once I moved to uni, I was like, oh damn, there's a lot of stuff out there. But then I was still in air, so I just travelled to Glasgow all the time, and then just found them that way. Like, I think it helped a lot, like being on a course with loads of people that are from like. Falkirk and Dumfries and everywhere else in between. So they were all bored and used to go to Glasgow all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they'd be like, "Oh, check out this band," and I'd be like, "Oh, great!"
1: It kind of just opens up a whole new world. Once yeah, totally. So, yeah.
0: Everybody had like their own taste when they came. So I was like, "Who's this? Can I come?" <laughs>
1: <laughs> Do you still kind of obviously you your kind of classic rock when you moved down? Or is that still the sort of stuff you go for when you go into gigs? Or oh, I think I would in... go to
0: any gig. Yeah. It was just like that was the only stuff I was like familiar with, because obviously like being in Groucho's and stuff, like I was buying loads of secondhand music. There was nothing in the charts that I was like, oh yeah, I really want to buy that. It was like, I'd go into the shop and be like, Alice Cooper vinyl, that's coming home with me. <laughs> but like, if Katy Perry came on the radio, I'd be like, I'm not really, I'm not jamming with this.
1: Yeah, it's weird how like the music of, I don't know, maybe 40 years ago was all kind of regarded as classic that was big at the time. Yeah, But totally. now there's seldom something that's kind of in the pop charts at the minute that kind of gets the same I know, it's treatment. weird. It's maybe like- something like Kendrick or something like that is kind
0: of... Yeah, it's like I think platform, I didn't start appreciating chart music until uni, which is weird because I was like studying a music course and you're supposed to be like, no, I have phenomenal taste. But then at that point, I was like, actually you're allowed to like whatever you want. It doesn't matter if people think it's cool. I
1: feel like chart music's gotten a wee bit better as well, though. I think the chart music of I don't know, kind of 2005 to 2015. I think everyone wasn't our age has like a soft
0: spot for it now, though like if about you listen Macklemore. back to like oh yeah like you can listen to it and you're like oh that just reminds me of like that one time in high school and somebody did something stupid or like you're in class and like oh just like these like crappy pop songs and you're like just they've got a little soft spot for me now yeah at nostalgia. the time you hate them but yeah they grow on you
1: it's, that's the thing about music though it's such a personal connection with like the same thing you were saying about the vinyls and mm. that's why you like having it for that personal yeah, connection really. to take it back to always, yeah you're also speaking about being interviewed quite a lot at the last weeks because you're on the radio yeah we were you on bbc radio Scott. absolutely
0: delighted to be asked by janice forsyth to be on her like amazing show we were like in the same chat as B. charlotte like it was crazy like she was in the edinburgh thing and i was like sitting there with my headphones on like are you sure i'm supposed to be here this is very <laughs> scary it's <laughs> like so never been in the radio before i was like does this light mean you can hear me talking? I was like, "What if I need to sneeze?" We were both just sat there, like fidgeting. Me and Hannah were actually like, holding hands. Like, are you sure this is okay? But it was very exciting. We got like cool little security passes and like escorted. I saw the photo, yeah. Oh, it was crazy. We took so many photos. We were like us, like t- taking selfies to this person's office, and they were all like, <laughs> "Who are these girls? And who let them in here?"
1: <laughs> Where about is that? The radio studios? Are they in Glasgow?
0: Or? Yeah, they're they're just um, right next to the Science Centre, like on the river. They've got. Crack in view. Like the whole office is like all glass windows because you can just see like the whole of Glasgow.
1: Yeah. It's really cool. And you have to, I have driven. Can you drive past it past like on the motorway? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've yeah, yeah. driven past it before.
0: Big massive building that's got BBC Radio Scotland all over it.
1: What sort of stuff were you? Were you just chatting about Queens of Noise when you were on the radio? Or?
0: Yeah, we were literally just like since we were in a chat with like a couple other people.
1: So who else was? was it you said B Charlotte was.
0: B Charlotte. Yeah. It was actually like uh basically like a chat about like women in music events, which was really cool. So it was lots of people and like the projects that they're working on.
1: Because what is it she's just hosted as well?
0: Yeah, she did like a songwriting workshop for female songwriters to basically like build confidence, the same sort of thing that we're trying to do, which was cool. So we could like compare and like be like, yeah, you're really great from wherever you are right now. (laughs) But yeah, that was cool. So we basically just got to like tell lots of people about our event, which was crazy because it's still so small. Like it was basically just being like, yeah, this is what we're trying to do. These are the panels that we have. Please come. Thanks, bye.
1: But it'll keep growing year on year as the loose and it's small the minute. You must already have noticed the growth from last year. Right, it's it's, it's kind of attention. Yeah, yeah
0: totally. It's, it's crazy how many people have been like, wow, I'm so excited that you're back. And we're like, you're not a friend. You want, <laughs> you, you're excited? We're excited now.
1: Who all have you got? or Who's been announced so far for performing for it?
0: So we've announced all of our showcase acts. actually. We've got M. Woods. We have Goodnight Louisa. Freakwave and the Homo Romantics.
1: That's the other thing I like about the bands that you choose, and the same with what you did last year, is that you don't just go for like Glasgow bands; you pull from all over Scotland.
0: Yeah, totally. I think the the main thing about Queens of Noise is the fact that even though it's based in Glasgow, it's not designed to stay in Glasgow. I would love, would you love for to it to, move to it grow. Somewhere else? Absolutely. Once it gets enough traction, we're going to spread out and go everywhere. Anywhere that will take us, we'll go there. <laughs> but yeah, it's a case of like it's not just about. All the talent that's in Glasgow because there's so much talent here. But Glasgow's such like a welcoming city that it's so important to pull people from other places to be like, look, they're doing amazing things too. Like, yeah. check them out. Like, see what they're doing. Because like, of course, Glasgow's a hub, but it's important to like help other people thrive no matter what city they're from.
1: Do you think other bands maybe sometimes get a bit overlooked if they're not from Glasgow, like in the Scottish scene? Like, if you look at a playlist, like, what's the one on Spotify? Is it Made in Scotland or something? Yeah. It's, it's like ninety-five percent Glasgow
0: bands. Yeah, I mean, I think Glasgow probably has the most new bands coming out. But I think Edinburgh and Aberdeen, like even like Inverness, like there's bands popping up all over the place that are just they're ready to get booked. They're just maybe not getting asked yet. But I think if if people start really digging around and looking for them, they'll spring up in no time. Like
1: especially now when you've got the internet, it's so much, so easy to yeah. interact. If you know what I
0: think mean. it's a case of like once they've played one. One, even if it's a local show with a Glasgow band who've been on tour, then they'll instantly get more recognised. Like, the Homo Romantics are have recently played with the Ninth Wave, which is awesome. Like, they're,
1: yeah, and that's coming up, is it? Is that
0: it, they've either just played or are just are going t- to play
1: twenty third. It's you 20. probably know better than me. The Aberdeen, I'm, the Aberdeen yeah, I've quite. Yeah, I like to keep an eye on But no, like I saw
0: there. that and I was like, that's so cool. Like, obviously, the Ninth Wave have like absolutely shot up, so it'll be such a cool opportunity for them to be like, look, we're here too. So I think that's, that's really great for them to like boost their career
1: yeah I mean they did they're doing Walt Disco and they did Walt Disco as well they put the primary as well didn't they yeah, did they come down and do that yeah they've done
0: yeah. quite a lot, lot of like local little Glasgow shows but I think it'd be nice for them to get like build some more traction with like bigger bands and hopefully pull each other up rather than like
1: yeah I mean that that's always kind of the challenge as well is that although I support them in Aberdeen it's you get a lot of bands in Aberdeen that are good, and always do the Aberdeen support slots. But it's then very tough for them to get good support slots in Glasgow.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like it's always nice to get support slots in your hometown, but it's it's much more valuable for them to get slots elsewhere.
1: You, in terms of doing panels as well, did you not? Were you not on a panel a few weeks back at our event?
0: Yeah. So honestly, it feels like months ago already. But we were
1: a lot's so honoured. I
0: know it's been such a crazy like few months. Like it's just been so overwhelming, but. We were, like, delighted to be asked to be part of Question Sessions, which is, like, another, like, conference music event in Glasgow. It's really nice because it's free, so, like, it's accessible for everyone. Like, kids can go, which is really nice. Like, I had this girl who was probably, like, eight years old asking me questions, and I was like, it's really cool to see that you're here, like, doing what you want already. But, yeah, so, like we got asked to have like a little stall and Hannah got to like speak to loads of people and like hand out all our business cards and we got to speak to like all these like massive industry people and we were both like this is crazy and I was like honored to be on one of the panels like very scary.
1: What were you talking about on the panel?
0: It was basically like routes or pathways into the music industry so like I was on a panel with people like Goldflake Paint so like they're like a local like print magazine like they also have a blog as well but along with, like, a lecturer from New College Lanarkshire and Caroline Burns, who was from That Sound. So she works with, like, underprivileged kids and, like, vulnerable groups and stuff to show them how to, like, record music and, like, using technology, basically. So it was really cool, like, all the different paths that people had. Like, some people were educated, some people were had no university experience whatsoever. It's kind and they were basically just like a group of people. Yeah. They were I think they just wanted like all the different ways that you can get into it to show people that you don't have to go down a certain path to be a viable option.
1: That's one of the good things about the music scene as well, at least at the local level, is that there isn't really that doesn't matter. You know what I mean? If mm-hmm. everyone comes together in one community and it doesn't matter where you're from or your background or anything like that.
0: Yeah, totally. I think that was like the nicest thing about it. Like I was so scared. I'd never been on a panel before and like obviously sitting next to a lecturer, like they're used to speaking to like huge rooms full of kids, and they were like, no, nope, it's absolutely fine. Like, squeeze me in between the two of them, and they were like, yeah, you'll be fine. And like they were like chatting to me, and I was like, this was like the nicest way to do that, like to yeah. be with those people who made me feel comfortable. And afterwards, they were like, yeah, you did so good. So it was just really nice, to, like be with people who were supportive of each other. And like since then, I've like stayed in contact with them. Like they've all been like, oh, hope you're doing well, seeing that your event's going, and I'm like, oh, that's really nice of them to be like to follow up on the connection that we made so yeah it was so lovely to be involved in that
1: have you got other stuff coming up as well doing panels and interviews and things so
0: oh probably
1: it must get quite stressful having to do all the i mean there's only is it still yeah it's still the two of you so having to do all the pr and everything for yourself and push it and organize everything
0: yeah so just between the two of us everything's been a bit crazy like if i look at my calendar i think we've done like three or four interviews in the last week and a half like people are just like oh can i talk to you about this and i'm like yeah of course and then i look at my diary and i'm like i have an hour free in two weeks for you apart from that <laughs> i got nothing <laughs> but like it's, it's lovely that people want to talk about it like it's just a case of oh, pushing on and making the time but like we're so honored that people want to talk to us about it and they're interested so
1: how did the showcase events go as well that you did the Show, was, was it called the showcase sets? What were they called? They were called secret sets. Secret sets. sets. There secret we sets. Go, yeah.
0: yeah, we had like secret headliners. So it was, it was just to like be like, oh, we're still here. Like we're still kicking about. Let's.
1: I think it's a good way to build momentum as well going into the. Yeah, big totally.
0: Event. I think people were kind of ready for us to come back after that. They were like, are you gonna do a conference? And we were like, yeah, yeah, we are. We were just, we're just teasing you. But no, it was just, it was a nice way to like, firstly, because we're self-funded, it was a case of like. Let's see if we can sell out some shows, or at least make some money from them to that pay for our venues and stuff.
1: I was going to ask about it as well as how do you fund an event like this yourself?
0: Cause it... SAS <laughs> <laughs> Straight straight up with SAS. But, yeah, it's just it's hard because being full time students, you're not really eligible for any funding. You so can't.
1: You, in what way? How does the funding work? Because essentially, like,
0: so so there's there's tons of pots of funding to so like PRS like. All these kind of people they want to give you money especially for events like ours because we're trying to make the local scene more inclusive but they just I don't know why it's like this but for every single funding we try to apply for we're not eligible because we're both full-time students.
1: That's annoying. That's very annoying.
0: Yeah, so like the first year was like really tough. This year, the fact that we did the secret sets is going to be a little bit less stressful.
1: It helps to, yeah.
0: Yeah, totally. Like it was it was it was good promotional thing anyway to get people excited but it was also like okay here we go lads <laughs> let's sell some <laughs> tickets so we can pay for this but no they, they went really well it was so lovely like to have people excited about it after like seven months of silence we just like dropped off the map because we were just shattered we we're like no i had enough not not doing that again and then we were like actually I really miss it we're coming back
1: it's interesting to see as well because you had some of the acts that played this event last year doing the secret set yeah totally it's weird to see how far some of them have come I know since it was so
0: it was so lovely that we had swim school like I think they're they're actually the reason why we made them secret sets because they had um a show I think it was just a week before the secret sets at King Tuts like they were doing one of the New Year's Revolution shows like as a support slot and I was like no but guys we need you to come back like <laughs> you're you're like our main success story. I'm like, look how far you've come. Like, you're, you're signed. You've been on tour. You played Transmit. Like, that's crazy. And I was like, I would be so honoured to be able to give you your first Glasgow headline show. And they were like, we'll make it work.
1: So how did the secret set work? Did you announce it like a few days before the headline was? Yeah, it yeah. was
0: literally like, I think it was the day after they played Tuts. I was like, oh, it's swim school. Swim school are coming. <laughs> but it was just like, we, we just thought we'd like, Oh, I just thought we'd tease everyone and give them, like, fake names. So we asked them to, like, give themselves, like, a pseudonym or, like, something like a fake they name. For? They they ended up going for the backstrokes. The
1: back. Oh, that Yeah, they, oh.
0: exactly. So everybody was like, who's that? I think I know who that is. And we were all, like, giggling, like, it's so obvious who this is. But, like, DF can't stop us. Kick tuts can't be like, oh, you're you're breaching the contract. I'd be like, well, I'm sorry. Have you heard of the Backstrokes before? No. <laughs> it was just like our sneaky way to get around that, but we it's just decided to make instrument. them.
1: Did Gauss not do that for, was it Voodoos? I can't remember what they called themselves though. Yeah, they did. I what remember that show.
0: Oh, I can't remember.
1: That wasn't as good though, because that wasn't a name that related to Gauss
0: at all. Yeah, totally. Have the clue. We just clue. We deliberately told them, we were like, oh, have fun with it. Like, come up with a fake name that you want and we'll, we'll put it on all the posters and stuff. So it was just nice. Like, it was a little little inside joke that we had. But
1: And you also had well, little wives? When they played the set. Or was it Madison they weren't Madison Kit at that point. That's like another success story from yeah, the Yeah, definitely. We we
0: wanted to have them as well, but they were actually doing a touch revolution show as well, so they couldn't play. But yeah, so like the first showcase band, like it was their first ever Glasgow show when was they were, it? when they were still wives, it was also Swim School's first Glasgow show. I
1: didn't realise that either.
0: Yeah, it was crazy, like to see how far they've grown already. It's mental. Like I think it was just after they played Queens and Noise, they were like, nah, we're not going to be called wives anymore. And I was like, why? (laughs) But I love the name. But no, they've done like such cool things. And to have both of them play with Tenement TV like a week ago for International Women's Day, I I was like, crazy. Like, I'm looking at them, I'm like, look at my babies.
1: Are they doing the Discovery Tour as well?
0: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, they are.
1: It's weird,
0: these pals. I know, it's so mental. It's like looking at your pals, and I'm like, I can't believe how far you've come. Like, I'm so proud of you.
1: That's the thing that's up. the music industry at the minute, it feels like bands can do so much in a year now. I know. Like you can just go like that.
0: Growth is totally so much, such a higher rate than it used to be. But no, it's been really great that people have like gone on board and like supported them.
1: How do you, what are you looking for? What aspects are you looking for when you're picking a band to play the, the festival or the conference rather?
0: I think that's, it depends. It depends on the band. I think the lovely thing about having a showcase instead of a gig is the bands don't have to sound like a full lineup. They can just be—it's like putting a playlist on shuffle rather than having like a coherent playlist. You're allowed to have different genres and different styles all together because it's—it doesn't have to be a regular lineup. You can just have. They don't have to match. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like it's just like people that we're like, I really believe in what you're doing. I love the sound you're making, and I think you deserve a boost. Those kind of people. It's like it doesn't matter if they're already a little bit established. If it's their first show, like if we think that they've got what it takes, but they just need somebody to like be like shining a light on platform, them yeah, yeah totally just people that were like I will shout about what you're doing because I totally believe in it so it's just a case of like who they n- are nice come to and get look to at them
1: you can give someone a platform as well now, definitely I kind of feel like oh, people always build to that point don't they where they can give someone an opportunity like
0: yeah definitely that. it's just a case of being like we only have so much resources to share but if we can give at least one person a chance to grow or get support or find management like then it's a total win
1: is it this year? Are you doing it over one day this year as well?
0: Yeah, we decided that two two days was crazy.
1: I think one as well kind of gives more focus on the bands that are playing. Yeah, totally. And the people that are appearing at the conference and things we like that. We had such a
0: lovely turnout last year. It was just like the two of us having a full two days. Oh, and it was on St. Patrick's Day weekend, and it was the only weekend in March that it snowed. Like everything that. Did it snow that weekend? Oh, yeah. We arrived at the venue on the Saturday morning, 9 a.m. It was snowing in the middle of March. Bad. yeah so like everything that could have went wrong did but everything was still fine and we still salvaged it but it was like just makes more sense to condense it because people people lose interest it's like having a kid in like a classroom for more than an hour they're like fidgeting like oh i want to go home or like oh i want to do this so it just made sense to like cram it into one day and just try and fill it as much as possible yeah
1: especially with like all-day festivals like you know stag and dagger or yeah totally like if that was two days
0: the second day i'd be too hungover to go (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which is definitely what happened for Queen's and Noise. there was like we had loads of people who like went out to the football and were like no I can't come so yeah just makes sense to do it over one day it's like having a birthday celebration over a weekend you're like half half the troops are going to drop out
1: yeah what else did you learn from last year putting it on last year what else have you kind of knowledge have you taken and then applied to this year's event to make it better
0: I think we've definitely narrowed like the market that we know we've tapped into like we had people that were like already established so like it was just it was crazy to see the mix of people so we had people who had no experience were straight out of high school or were already in uni we had like people who are already like established like musicians and songwriters and stuff so like it was really lovely to see that there was like management who'd come along to like listen to the panels and like have a look at the showcase bands because they were like oh you've obviously picked up on something here so I think it was a case of We've kind of made it more professional, streamlined ourselves a bit more. Like we knew that we were targeting a young audience, but we've tried to make it like
1: more of an industry event. Maybe yeah, well. yeah. yeah.
0: So like we we're definitely we want to keep it informal and accessible to everyone because there's nothing scarier than realizing that somebody owns a whole company and you really want to talk to them.
1: But that's the best time to meet folk from the industry is when it's at an informal event. And yeah, it's totally. chilled out And you can just have a chat with them, and it doesn't need to be so like, exactly.
0: So the point is basically just like keeping it professional but also like you can just sit down and have a cup of tea with someone and ask them questions rather than being like absolutely terrified to be like i've got a question i'm really sorry do you have like 10 <laughs> minutes to talk to me more case of just like oh hey how are you like there's no there's no backstage there's no like special treatment it's like if they're there they'll talk to you
1: did you get quite a lot of industry folk kind of uh, there last year
0: yeah it was so nice like about it. yeah it was nice to like see people there like people who already work for like big companies or like so for example swim school they their management that they're with now, they came along to have a look at them.
1: At queens of noise.
0: Yeah, and consequently, there they are, with big management. Like, it's crazy. <laughs> so I'm like, it's so nice that people have like seen it and been like, okay, maybe I can like scout some talent here. We're obviously choosing the right people, yeah. which is really nice.
1: I was looking today as well, and it, there doesn't seem to really be... Maybe I'm wrong, but I couldn't really see any other event that is like this that's going on in Scotland at the moment.
0: Yeah, that was kind of like... It, it basically started because I was like actually started as a uni project but we we try to like keep it on the down low because then people are like <laughs> oh students okay but yeah so it started as like my third year project and they were they were basically like your challenges to come up with a unique business idea and it just it just kind of came from like having chats with people and like actually the idea came to me in subway in air over a nice little bmt and a cup of coke i was like okay i'm ready let's go Let's make some changes. Not
1: know what it did straight away.
0: Yeah, literally. we are like, not going
1: to forget an idea like that.
0: I know. It was just a case of, like, right, something has to change. Like, I went to the Samos maybe a month after that, and I was like, okay, this is really scary. Everybody's very, like, looking down their nose at you, or you're like, oh, I'm too scared. Like, I don't have anything important to ask you. And that's when I met Hannah. Is like, that when you met Hannah? Yeah, met met Hannah at the Samos.
1: So do you and, you and Hannah don't go to... I think you went to uni together. No, Hannah, actually, no.
0: she was at college at the time, and I was in my third year of uni. But she was managing my boyfriend's band at the time. So I just kinda actually we were told we would be friends. We kinda met each other and we were like, Oh, I don't like you. (laughs) I don't like you at all. And then about twenty minutes later I asked her to be on one of the panels and she was like, Really? Me? And I was like, Yeah, you're young. You've got industry experience. Like I want people that are like approachable to everyone. Yeah, of course. I don't want just the same people that are on all the panels. Like there's always the same like four people that are on every single conference. And I'm like I wanna hear someone else's thoughts. And she was like really like taken aback by it. And then so i think so a
1: different perspective as well.
0: Yeah, totally. But it was just I think seeing how emotional she was about being asked, a couple of weeks later I asked her to just help me run it because I was like, this is totally getting out of hand for one person. And you're obviously you obviously we were care do it about it yourself. It. Yeah, oh yeah. It was uh, Oh, that's a Well initially it was gonna be three days long and just me.
1: Whoa.
0: Then my uni were like, Okay, you're crazy. You can have two <laughs> days and no more and I was like, Okay. And then had Hannah on board, which made it made ten a times better. Yeah. But, like, it was nice to have somebody else's ideas as well. Because, obviously, like, if it's just yours, sometimes you need somebody to be like, actually, that's not great. Or, like, oh, this yeah. it would be better if we did this. So, like, bringing her on board was was amazing like
1: you kind of get the nice balance because you don't want it just to be one person's vision yeah of course But you also don't want it to be too many cooks in the kitchen yeah you need that kind of exactly
0: but it was it was really nice because since she was at college we had like totally different skill sets so like if we'd been on the same course it would have been like two and and again
1: two completely different perspectives yeah totally
0: it It was like at college they teach you totally different things than what they teach you on my course even though we both studied music like just it was really nice to have like fresh ideas and like actually oh this would be better or like little changes or maybe oh this person would really suit that panel and i was like oh yeah i didn't think about that
1: it's like a testing board as well you can test it off each yeah other.
0: totally it's like yin and yang makes <laughs> sense
1: yeah do you have like a plan going forward of how you want to keep expanding it like even in past this years like do you have quite an idea kind of mapped it in your head of how to keep growing it Or
0: we i don't think we have like a specific plan we have Hannah's kind of like my caretaker, to be honest. I have, like, tons of ideas, and as soon as I have one, I will start it. I will start it right away. I'll be like, okay, the venue is booked. I have emailed 10 people, and Hannah will come back after two weeks and not see me and being like, Catherine, what on earth have you been doing? Who has been supervising you? So <laughs> it's a case of, like, she definitely helps me focus the ideas, but, like, as soon as we're together, we're all just like, oh, I've had an idea, and it happens to be the same idea every single time. Really? Yeah, like, we'll be apart and then be like oh, I've had a really good idea, I'll tell you when I see you. Like, we'll go for a coffee and chat out. And then I'm like, okay, okay, you go first. And she's like, no, it's fine, you go. And then we both say at the same time, we're like, are you serious? This this happened again? <laughs> but it's just, yeah, so I think the main plan, we'd love to obviously eventually expand outside of Glasgow. But I think that's a few years away because we need to build like a strong connection here.
1: Would you do it as in, would you have an event in Glasgow and have an event somewhere else? Or would you just move the festival about Scotland maybe
0: a wee bit? or? I'm not sure. I think it depends on if we end up with a bigger team or not. Either way, even if it moves from city to city, it would be more like a tour rather than like moving house. Like it's not; wouldn't be a permanent move. It would be a case of like spreading the message.
1: Yeah, it kind of helps you reach a bigger audience as well.
0: Yeah, definitely. But I think like it's since it's such a unique thing, it would be really important to grow the audience elsewhere and like get the word out. Because as soon as something starts, like it's just a case of causing a spark and then seeing how far it can grow. Like somebody actually asked me this in an interview last week and I was like, I hadn't even thought about it before and I just kind of like blurted out my mouth I was like, I would love to have a festival stage
1: What like, yeah, like Wide Days or something? Or you mean like a... No, no, what like... What electric fields used to be? Have a stage I don't there.
0: know, I don't really know which festival it would be at like there's not like a particular festival in mind, but I'd love like a Queens of Noise stage so in the same way that it doesn't have to be a coherent Lineup of the same genre at the festival. I could bands. just pick bands that I absolutely love that deserve to be on that stage that wouldn't get picked otherwise, and just be like, "You get to play a festival. Go, run, do it." You
1: can give someone again that opportunity yeah. on that platform to do something totally, like.
0: like giving somebody a golden ticket. Like I would just, I would absolutely adore that. That's not, it's not going to happen for quite some time. Ten years maybe, but
1: It'd be very cool when it does.
0: Yeah, that would be that would be awesome.
1: That's something you've always kind of done though like that wanting to give people a platform because you did it you're obviously one half a moldy soul as well yeah so i'm thinking of for example like the pleasure head show at Sneaky's. yeah last year when you had was it fiends opened it and then like moonlight zoo and then Armstrongs. Armstrongs are the prime example from that yeah giving someone a platform
0: yeah totally it's just a case of like if i if i've seen the talent there i'm gonna try and help you like it's The whole way to like grow is like finding somebody else and giving them a, ha- a hand, and then when you need a hand, they'll be like, Oh, yeah, you, you like boosted my sales or like helped me sell my merch. Like, of course, I'll help you. It's not like I don't want favors, I just want people to grow and have like fair opportunities.
1: How do you find new bands? I'm, cause I'm interested how you come upon a band like Ormsons, who are fairly wee and the fr- Are they from Leeds? Yeah,
0: yeah. They're, they're actually they've rebranded I now. I saw
1: that they've they've started something new and changed the name, and everything. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, but I don't know. I think it's a case of going to lots of gigs and then just chatting to people and then being like, oh, who do you like? Or who do you listen to? I think Spotify also has a huge part to play because...
1: You just got to like, the artists' like, recommendations daily and Daily mixes,
0: right? like, related artists. I love listening to other people's playlists. I, hate like,
1: play- I think that's my main fault is that I don't like playlists.
0: I love listening to other people's playlists. Like, see if... I always get in ruts of being like, oh, I've listened to this one artist for ages or like i really need new music but i i get this every like two days i'm like i need new music i need something else i need <laughs> something new and exciting so i'll just go and be like oh can somebody make me a playlist of what they're interested in or have you got any playlists that you recommend like i don't like spotify's pre-curated pre-cur- ones
1: like your daily mixes and stuff
0: i don't mind the daily mix because sometimes they're all right
1: or like uh hot new bands or whatever
0: yeah, I mean, I think those are probably, like, the exception, like, New Music Friday and, like, hot hot new bands, or, like, the indie list, but, like, they're all going to be unattainable bands.
1: Yeah, I think the other thing with them is that a lot of it's, playlists have kind of become what radio used to be a wee bit better, haven't they, where you kind of have to have pluggers and stuff to get Yeah, totally, the like, you have, you have to, know to like, request to,
0: so. to get on them, rather than just get picked because they like you.
1: I feel like it didn't used to be that way, though. Like, I feel Definitely like it, didn't it, to start it used with. used to just get picked and put on it, which was probably a better way of...
0: Oh, definitely. Now it's like you have to email and be like, "Hi, so my band is like really good. Can you like put me on the playlist, please?" But, but when
1: no, you do get put on a playlist, it makes a big difference.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think I think it's a really good way for bands to grow. It's just it's a shame that it's becoming a little bit more difficult to get there.
1: Yeah. How much of a role do you think streaming plays when you're picking bands, or how much do you think it plays like in the industry in general when people are trying to choose bands for lineups? Has it got quite a big role? Or?
0: Um, I think for us, it's probably quite helpful just because we can like get a gist of what your sound is. Because I think. It's one of the unfortunate things about trying to book really small bands. Sometimes they're not even on Spotify and you have to kind of just take a leap of faith and be like, are you on SoundCloud? Can I like listen to a demo? Like when we had Wives, for example, they didn't have any music out. They still don't.
1: They've changed quite a lot as well.
0: We, we asked them for months, like months and months, can you send us a demo? Eventually we got like a wee transfer of like, like a phone recording and we were like, yeah, sure. <laughs> go for it like <laughs> whatever you want so sometimes you have to kind of take like a leap of faith or like a recommendation from someone
1: homoromantics as well they're another one that don't have anything yeah
0: definitely like, like, like it's that. just a case of like hearing from like friends of friends or like getting like a dodgy little demo link <laughs> or just literally like But like yeah or just seeing them like support another band you're like oh i've never heard you before like but cool
1: it probably it's probably gonna be all right if you're I mean, Homer Mars is a prime example supporting Walt Disco Ninth Wave. It's yeah, exactly. It's probably going to be a safe bet. Exactly.
0: So, like, you can tell like who they've supported or like who they're playing with if they're getting booked by like like a local promoter in their hometown. You're like, okay, they're doing something. They're doing something right. So you can kind of like judge it. It also really helps like looking at their artwork. If their exactly, art, quite a big.
1: What do think you mean know about their Instagram and stuff and like the way they present themselves?
0: Yeah, like- I'm like, even if you don't have management or like a professional team, if you're like switched on enough to make yourself look like you have. following or make yourself look like neat and tidy then i'm like okay you you, you've got some kind of idea of what you're looking for
1: that's what they kind of say now isn't it it's less about the music and if you can make yourself look cool and not put out any music you often end up getting quite a lot of opportunities
0: yeah it's just like you can kind of trick people into thinking that you're much more trendy than you are it's the same as like tinder it's like that's what bands have on instagram now it's like they're like oh yeah look at me i've got like my leather trousers on i'm ready you should book me and then everybody's like oh you want a gig so yeah, you you kind of have to like judge it on like how they look if they're if they look ready. I think
1: the Queens of Noise, like social media, and Instagram in particular, something you've always done quite well by keeping them all like a consistent pattern, a consistent style. How long is that? How long do you like spend deliberating over that, and working away at that to get everything looking? Oh, nice that's
0: and... that's like if I need to like de-stress, I will make content.
1: But like uh, posters and
0: yeah, uh, I will just. If I'm if I'm stressed out about something, I had a bad day. I will come home and I will make posters.
1: That makes me more stressed than anything. I had a poster a couple weeks back. that I spent about two hours just going through different fonts and changing. It was stressing me out so much. I I don't find that relaxing. I'm just like getting worked up about it. I
0: absolutely love it. It's like one of my favorite things to do because you can just like sit until something, and then as soon as you you see it, and you're like, oh, that's right. That's exactly how I want it to look. Yeah, Yeah, it's great. But I've got this really cool app that like shows me like how I can lay out my content so that I can like pre-plan where it's gonna sit and then look at it. So like I'll like spend, on Instagram and stuff. Yeah, like so I can like look at how my newsfeed is gonna look months in advance for when I post it.
1: Might ask you for that app after the podcast. Yeah, is like done. <laughs> absolutely, like it's
0: absolutely changed changed my life. You can like plan how things look, you can like look at different colours and like see how it all is gonna like lay out. It's great.
1: When did do you have that from the start of Queens and I still?
0: No, I actually only no. found that for when we came back for this year.
1: Cause you I quite like you always do the thing where you have like three yeah. Like three blocks across instead of just the one that looks oh, nice. Definitely. I was scrolling through it today like research. I was like, oh, that's awesome. No, I wanted to make sure that the, the
0: panels were like really big and obvious. So I think the easiest way to do that was to like spread it over like a whole row of Instagram rather than be like separate individual right? little posts. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's like as soon as you go on the page, you're like, oh, that's what the panels are. Cool. Do
1: you have to post in threes though? Because surely if you post one image on its own, now it'll upset everything.
0: Well, that's the thing that like, you can post one on its own, but usually like if it's like three individual posts they'll all correlate or they'll match, even if it's separate. So you can, like, post one and then a couple of days later another one and then once the third one's up, all the it the rows kind of, like, go back again. Yeah. You just have to have a couple couple days when it looks a little bit uneasy and then it's fine again.
1: How important do you think it is having things like Instagram followers and Facebook likes? And I, that, think, I guess that's kind of your main marketing tool now.
0: Yeah, totally. I mean, like, we have a website as well. We should probably eventually get a Twitter, but Twitter's, Twitter's my weak point. I don't... <laughs> I love Twitter, but just... a weird middle ground. You don't yeah. know how informal to be on it or how formal to be. I you know, I think it's just one of those things I'm like, I'm kind of scared because I don't know what people expect you to have on your Twitter.
1: Yeah. you when The way that bands' Twitters kind of work, it seems to be the most chilled out of all the social media where they yeah. kind of interact with fans and...
0: Yeah, definitely. I think the way that we use Facebook and Instagram, like, Instagrams are kind of, like, less formal version and our Facebook is, like, where you can find all the information in all the posts, like... There'll be tons of text, and then on the Instagram it's like, hey, you should come to this. <laughs> that's like, the
1: thing on Instagram, everyone's scrolling, you just get a catch-eye quickly. Yeah, totally. So you just use
0: links for everything and just make it really short and snappy. But on Facebook, you can, you can kind of pile it in because that's where you're going to get your older audience. So yeah. they're going to be like, where's the information for this? So I'm like, it's already included in the post, or well, you can find it on our website.
1: People still don't read, though. Yeah, well, they really most, don't. We did a thing, so obviously we obviously prefer we do tickets. We just it's name on the door mm-hmm. and it, on every post on every, or not, and every like when you buy it it says there will be no physical tickets for this get mm-hmm. them on the door and you still get about 10 emails for every show so I haven't every received my time. tickets yet
0: every single time we're the same for Queen's Noise because obviously like it's it's not eco-friendly to have tickets for every single show so like we're basically trying to keep our carbon footprint really low by not posting or printing it's anything that's not necessary
1: also an unnecessary expense
0: yeah exactly like Tickets are expensive. Save yourself money, but like, it's just a thing of like we're we're trying to be as useful and easy easy access as we can. So like, if you have a phone, then you're fine. Just bring your email. And that's, that's where most people are going to find it anyway. Yeah, how do you exactly. feel about like
1: posters then, because that do like posters are kind of a word and they are a good way of spreading awareness. But like you say, aren't very eco friendly. Yeah. So
0: we're of... we're actually really good friends with a company called Wild and Kind they're like a print company in glasgow but all their everything they do is eco-friendly recycled paper from like old money and like coffee beans like you can use whatever they want they've got like a risograph printer which is actually like really cheap way of like printing and like everything they do they'll recycle it or reuse it for something or other but yeah they're they're amazing so we, we try and get all our stuff printed ethically if we if we need to print stuff it'll be printed ethically
1: what do you think is the kind of connection between like morals and business how important do you think You should take your morals when it comes to business.
0: I think that depends on how you want your 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 business model to be. But like the fact that we're a female centric small company of two women who are still at uni and like are trying to make a difference anyway. I think for us, it wouldn't really make sense for us to like
1: not be morally aware.
0: Yeah, of course. I think it's like a really important thing for us. Like we just we want to be the best we can be for such a small company, and the only thing we can do is keep getting better.
1: What do you think are the kind of core values that are at the heart of Queens and Noise? If you had to kind of sum it up in three values, what would you?
0: Oh, let me, I'll actually check. So I've got like...
1: Do you have like a a manifesto or anything?
0: I made these really nice posts for Queens and Noise actually just before we came back, like before we announced anything, just like three things with like little explanations of what they are. So like like the first one was like feminist and I wrote like little bios for all of them. So this one says advocating social, political, legal and economic rights for women equal to those of men. So these were, like, the words that I chose were, like, really topical and, like, exactly how I wanted people to see us.
1: Very precisely chosen as well.
0: Yeah, but, like, with our own definitions, not, like, yeah. the dictionary definitions. So what th- it means to you. you yeah, know. totally. So, like, the second one was inclusive. So, including a great deal or encompassing everything concerned. When we say we're female-centric, it doesn't mean we're just for women. It means we're for everyone. It's just... Because there's no point in talking about feminine issues with other women. Because we already know they're there. Yeah. Like, it's for everyone. Like, if you're a white man, you can come along. You can benefit your career. You can meet loads of cool people. You just, you have to be a nice person and then we'll probably let you in. <laughs> Do
1: you think it's more a generational thing as well, though? Do you it's it getting better now with... It's definitely, it's moving music. in the
0: right direction. It's definitely going...
1: The conversations happen.
0: Yeah, exactly. As long as people are talking about it, it'll keep getting better.
1: Yeah. When did that kind of begin, though? When even the difference has kind of started?
0: In oh, one that's one. a good question. I think...
1: I thought 20 years ago, I don't know if it was...
0: I know, was, I think... I think 20 years ago it probably was spoken about but in not a way percent. that it was women talking to other women and it wasn't getting anywhere but now I think people are starting to realize that if they're not inclusive or they're not trans friendly or they're not open to like any gender being allowed in their space then they're 10 years too late yeah
1: I think social media has helped with that as well because people are now open to so much more scrutiny
0: yeah totally like people are definitely starting to call out big businesses and be like this is not okay.
1: What do you think is the the biggest issue facing music at the moment, and how do we fix it?
0: Oh, that's a good question. I think one of the main things is still equal pay.
1: I mean, that's kind of across the board as well. That's not just in music.
0: Yeah, definitely. But I think that's one of the things. It's like people kind of forget that music still faces that. So, like, even if there's like heads of companies that are female or male, they might not necessarily get the same wage.
1: I don't. Why does that happen, though? I don't understand. It's just been grandfathered in, but I don't really get it and yeah. why it's still a thing. Because it's such an easy thing to change. Just yeah, what you do is if someone's getting paid two grand more, you give you take a grand away from their salary, give a grand to the other person, then yeah, it's equal. Exactly.
0: Sorted. I think it's just one of those things that's just kind of being ignored and like pushed under the rug. But I think that's a case of like certain women maybe don't progress in music, not necessarily because they're not getting jobs. I think that's also an issue, but they might not take a job because they're not getting paid enough to do it. Like me, me and Hannah do yeah. Queens of Noise for free because we're self-employed like we don't make any money from it and i'm like that's okay because i love it and it's only the second year like
1: it's a passion project yeah totally like you're gonna keep building it it hopefully
0: yeah i'd love to get to the point where we can actually pay ourselves to work six months of the year (laughs) but it's also i think for us it's really important for us to be able to pay as many people as we can like yeah our speakers are incredibly generous and they did it for free we offered them travel and dinner expenses but we couldn't afford to pay them and we still can't afford to pay them because we don't have any funding. Yeah. We try and pay our bands a fair price. We offer as much stuff as we can. And if we make enough profit, every single penny of it will go back, back to, the to the people who, who have been like kind enough to give us their time. And I think it's just a case of that needs to be kind of the, the attitude carried across the board rather than like, oh, I could get a woman for this job and pay her half the salary. Like It should be a case of you're just as talented and I want to pay you more.